Hello, my name is Alec Feldman. I do a radio show on Wizard Radio Station every Saturday afternoon from 3 to 5 p.m. UK time. And this is the podcast of that radio show. It's all the best bits without the music, maybe some of the rubbish bits as well, mainly just the whole show, minus the songs. Every week we're going to release it so you can catch up on what's happened on the show this week. Just one thing to mention, I give out our contact details quite a lot throughout the course of the show, so you'll hear that on this podcast, but obviously it's a podcast, it's pre-recorded, so if you do send in a message about something I'm talking about to the numbers I say, I mean I'm not going to read it because it's already happened, it's in the past, it's pre-recorded, and no one's going to see it anyway, but here's the worst bit, you might still get charged for it, depending on how you send it. And even if you don't get charged for it, it's still a waste of your time, it's a waste of my time, it's a waste of everybody's time, and so I just wouldn't bother. If you would like to join in with the show and send me your stories or play our games, then you can do that just by listening live every Saturday afternoon, 3 to 5pm UK time on Wizard Radio Station. So that's that out of the way. All there is left to say now is enjoy the podcast, subscribe to it, and maybe leave a little review as well saying how great it is. Not if you don't like it, though. If you hate it, don't bother. Thank you very much. Here's the podcast. This is Wizard Radio, and you're listening to Alex Feldman. What? What do you mean it's Alex Feldman with a C? Oh, this is Wizard Radio, and you're listening to Alec with a C, Feldman. So they're saying 12th of December, then, for an election, possibly, maybe... So it seems only right that we have some kind of festive song about it. You know, a kind of like, um... On the first day of Christmas, Boris gave to me a government with no majority. On the second day of Christmas, Boris gave to me two withdrawal agreements and a government with no majority. On the third day of Christmas... Alright, alright, you get the idea. Saturday. It's three o'clock now. <clears throat> Pre-recorded. From Leeds, Alec Feldman. Hot girl bummer from Black Bear and Zed Kalani. Good thing. My name is Alec Feldman and this right here is my radio show. You are very, very welcome to it. Everyone is invited. Come in, make yourself comfortable. We can hang out for a couple of hours. We'll play some songs. We'll do some chat. Is that all right with you? That's generally how things go on a Saturday afternoon. Have you had an all right week? Has it been okay? Mine has been stress. I feel like a lot's been happening. I've had so many deadlines, so many things that need doing. And you know what I mean? Like when just everything seems to be happening in one week and you feel like you never, you, you never stop. And it's just all going. That's what it's kind of been like for me. Um, all because I've got something on this weekend and I've had to fit everything in before that. Which means that this, my friends, is not live. I'm sorry. I've, I know I've been really, really bad at like the actual live shows recently. Which is not good because I like having the show live. Because then we can talk. It's a two-way conversation. It's fun. But uh, back on next week, it's all fine. And then hopefully, I don't see any reason why... I just won't be live every week until Christmas after that point and probably beyond Christmas. So it's been a bit of a rocky patch in terms of, you know, us actually having a chat, but it's fine. We'll get past it. We can go to some couples therapy if necessary and we'll be back better than ever very soon. But it's kind of October. I've been a bit rubbish for the entirety of October. Partially my fault, partially not. This week it is my fault, but you know. It's cool. I still have lots to tell you about. You just can't, you know, respond. Including 
shampoo. We're going to talk about shampoo. And also, mental screensavers. And also, biting horses. And also, Jennifer Aniston. And also, wacky album promo. And also, number plates. And also, a six second guide uh, is on the show, as usual. And we'll do a classic someone's knocking at your door. Because we can't do it properly because nobody's able to message me because I'm pre-recorded on a Thursday night. I'm sorry about that. So that's all good. Also, music-wise, what have I got? Grace Carter, some Taylor Swift, and that Niall Horan song that we had some fun with last week is on next as well. So, first things first. Before we do any of that other stuff, we take a moment to take stock and evaluate how far we've come since seven days ago, and we do some life lessons in This Week I Learned. This Week I Learned... So, I have three lessons for you that I've learned in the last seven days. I'm going to teach them to you so you don't have to go through the pain and the heartache and the difficulty of finding out yourself. So, a lesson number the first. This week, I learned you can leave a potato in the oven for two hours and it's fine. Um, and I, I was really, well, not impressed. I was just more relieved because um, I put a potato in the oven. And then I went out, I went to my Wednesday night self-defense class. I haven't been for ages, but I love, I love my Wednesday night self-defense classes. Went to one of them. It's like an hour long, plus the travel time. It makes it about two hours total. And I was like, what do I want that's like quick and easy to eat when I come home? Because I'll be hungry when I come home. And um, I decided I wanted a jacket potato. I had a lovely, massive baking potato that I got. Put it in the oven before I went out. Came back about two hours later, and it was like perfectly done perfectly done which was which was a bit of a relief because it could have gone kind of you know quite far in the other direction i just sent a message to my house group chat just saying um there's a potato in the oven but don't be alarmed everything is under control hopefully it won't burn to a crisp or burn the house down in my absence and uh, someone replied saying this is a 10 out of 10 message so i'd call that a result leave your jacket potato in the oven for two hours go out leave it unsupervised and it's fine but if anyone from the fire brigade is listening, um, I'm not encouraging irresponsible use of ovens. So, uh, my apologies. But in my case, it was really tasty. Mm-mm. So that's, that's one lesson. Lesson number two also relates to my self-defense class. Because this week I learned I still can't do forward rolls. You know in, like, primary school PE, you do, like, gymnastics. You get the blue mats out. And you do some forward rolls, some backward rolls. Maybe if you're really, really on the ball, you could do some headstands and handstands and all that stuff. Never for me. From a very young age, I've been incapable of doing forward rolls. I never mastered it. I could never do it. Ever. I just, it, it didn't come to me. I wasn't able to, like, actually lift myself off the ground and then roll over in a smooth fashion. I thought I was done with all that rubbish. And yet, at the self-defense class last night, well, it was last night because it's actually Thursday, but no, it was on Wednesday night. They were like, right, and if someone pushes you to the floor, what you need to do is be able to sort of roll over and get straight back up again. And so they were like, right, do some forward rolls. And I was like, you're kidding me. And I couldn't do them then. I still can't do them now. It was just a bit of an embarrassing floppy mess. And I couldn't do it. I, just, I can't hack it. I just I get scared. I don't know what it is. And so I still can't do them, even, I don't know, 15 years later. And finally, lesson number three. This is a fact. I've given you facts the last couple of weeks. Um, I found this out actually by listening to another podcast. So it's kind of stolen, but it's a really cool fact. This week I learned that if you flick your nipple, it will go hard. 
within seven seconds. And this is quite a cool fact, and I can prove it to you now. I mean, obviously it's the radio, you can't see me, but I'm going to flick my nipple, and I'm going to count. So, flick now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And there we go! It's all, like, weird and hard now, because I flicked it. So, that is a cool lesson. You can try that out. I bet you're trying that out right now, aren't you? You've just done it. I know you have. And you're like, oh my god, it actually works. It does. I don't know why, but it does. Cool fact. So, in summary, this week we've learned you can leave a potato in the oven for two hours and it will probably be fine. I still can't do forward rolls. And flicking your nipple always makes it hard within seven seconds. It's a universal truth. And now we've established that. Let's have some Niall Horan. This is nice to meet you. We had some fun with that song last week. You know how it has the lyric, um, I'll take you somewhere warm. You know, j'adore la mer. Which is just a really rubbish way of getting it to rhyme and it's French and it means I love the sea and we just replaced the French with some phrases off of like French GCC including um, I'll take you somewhere warm because you know je mange du poulet which means I ate chicken and stuff like that and I think it's an improvement yet to hear from Niall's people about whether he wants to re-record it with you know some other French phrases but I'm still hopeful I think they might get a touch they just they just too shocked by how good it was they're just in awe of it and so they're waiting but you know soon soon we will hear from them probably on the show next grace carter first though what i got up to last night last night i mean friday um which is a bit of a problem because it's actually thursday when i'm recording the show this week and so i'm going to tell you about something that hasn't actually happened yet but it's what I will have got up to last night when you hear this, but at the moment, at the present time, it's tomorrow. Confusing? A little bit. But um, I feel like it's still worth talking about anyway, because I'm working tomorrow morning. I'm working so early tomorrow morning. Oh, my God. 7 a.m. until 12 p.m. So I need to be up at, like, half five, which is fun. And um, I have very varied jobs. I do lots of weird things. I don't really know how this happens. Uh, I worked at a wine tasting for a bit. I took someone round Leeds City Centre dressed as a lion for a week. Um, I've done all sorts. And occasionally I get sent to shop openings. It's like the grand opening of a new shop, which is a, a very exciting occasion, let me tell you. Oh, yes. Um, second only to maybe a cat getting stuck up a tree in terms of local excitement. And um, so that's what I'm doing tomorrow, slash what I did yesterday, delete as appropriate. And I love a shop opening. I've, I've been to one before. And when I went there, there was an actual queue, a queue of people waiting outside the shop before it opened to be present for the grand opening. They had a ribbon. They had like the shop manager with some big scissors. They were going to have some music and a big announcement, but then the, the little speaker wasn't working. So they were just like, oh, right, come in then. And they all, they all stampeded in like a herd of, of elephants. But elephants who really love bargains. That's what they were doing. Um, and you just kind of think, who, who are you people? It's nine o'clock on a Friday. Why are you at a store opening? What are you doing with your lives? Generally, they're either like elderly or unemployed. And so that's what I've got to look forward to tomorrow. But also, I'm pretty sure a part of my job involves, like, doing... Basically doing a radio show, but just to the shop. So the only people that will hear this this radio show are the people who are doing their shopping. 
So, I don't know, that could be kind of fun. I could do, like, shout-outs. Go like, hey, shout-out to Linda, who's in aisle 21. Hope you're having a great day. Maybe I could take requests, you know. Um, Keith at the butcher's counter wants to hear some, some meatloaf <laughs> or something. And just generally get really hyped for the opening of this new shop. I really hope that they let me do the, like, the grand opening moment where I can be like, and I now declare this new shop open and then you know someone with some big scissors cuts it and like i said everyone's something that could be cool but what i'm most excited about hopefully if i'm really really lucky i'll get to do some of the like the shop announcements so you know when they're like i'm calling all staff calling all staff there's been a spillage in aisle six can we please get someone to clean up the milk in aisle six maybe i could do that or like a lost child oh i hope i get to do a lost child announcement um, can Mrs. Green please come because your son Billy is here with me. He was he was very upset that you left him alone. So please come to the customer service checkout where we'll find your child. I would love to do that. And so I'm quite hyped for this. A, a radio show to an actual shop tomorrow. I'll let you know how it goes next week on the show. Um, if, if it's any good. I bet it's going to be really disappointing. And actually they'll be like, okay, don't say anything. Just plug the competition where they can win vouchers. That's probably going to be how it goes. But I, I want to build my role. I want to make. I want to do more. I have such untapped potential to be like a supermarket radio show host. And I think that I'd be wasted if they didn't let me. So um, yeah, I'll let you know how that goes. What do you think about when you're bored? Because I'd never given it much thought until recently. It's not something you ever really notice. But then um, I was I was with my sister recently, and she kind of said something to me, and it made me think, oh, hmm, interesting. Maybe this is this is something I do, because um, I can't remember where we were. We were just I don't know walking around somewhere. We we're out, and just going walking walking around, and I think I was humming. I was kind of humming along. Going, and she goes what are you humming and i was like um this this theme tune and she was like is that what just goes around your head all of the time and i was like you know what i think it might be and so the theme tune i was humming it was it was this right if you don't recognize that, it's the theme tune to a fake sitcom called Skinner and the Superintendent. It's from The Simpsons. It's, it's from the like really, really famous meme steamed hams sketch thing. And I don't know why, it's, just, it's really catchy and it's just kind of in my head. I think about steamed hams a lot, possibly multiple times a day. And so it's got to the point where that is just like my go-to in my head. Whenever I'm bored, not really thinking about much, I'm just sitting there going, Skinner with his crazy explanations, superintendent, and so on and so forth. I don't even realise I'm doing it. That is just my default state of thinking. In the absence of anything else to concentrate on, my mind just goes to that, the Skinner and the Superintendent song from The Simpsons. And it's just there all the time. A bit like a screensaver, really. You know how on your computer, if you leave it for a while without touching it or moving the mouse, the screen will go off and instead it'll come up with some, like, graphic or picture, like the Windows logo or going through space or something like just bouncing around the screen, something like that. 
that's kind of the equivalent. Instead of like a screensaver on a computer, this is a screensaver in your head. Like a mental screensaver that your brain just defaults to when you're not doing anything. If you haven't moved your brain mouse for a while, your mind just wanders and eventually you will end up on whatever your mental screensaver is. And I thought this was quite an interesting idea because I'd never thought about it before. But that is the case. It's just like always, always in the back of your mind. Sometimes it comes to the forefront. And I, I think this is a concept that should be explored in more detail. So normally at this point, I would ask you, like, what is your mental screensaver? Unfortunately, I, I can't because, as previously mentioned, I'm not live on the show this week. So instead of asking you, I've asked some other people. And so we can find out what their mental screensavers are um, in a minute. If you want to tell me that, I would actually like to hear what yours are. Because I think they're probably more interesting than my friends. No offence to my friends. Um, you can send me an email. Station at wizardradio.co.uk And I'll probably see it another time. But I'm, I'm very interested in this whole idea of the mental screensaver. It's the thing that your mind thinks about when it's got nothing else to think about. What is always there? And so um, we'll hear a few more in a second. After I play you. What are we going to play? Maisie Peters and some Taylor Swift right now on Wizard Radio. This is Lover. It's Alec Feldman. Discussing... The idea of like a mental screensaver, you know how if you're kind of bored, you're just sitting, daydreaming a bit, your mind will always come back to one thing that's on like loop in your head. Like a screensaver on a computer, it's it always comes back and that's what keeps you entertained when you're bored. Mine, we established earlier, is the theme tune from Skinner and the Superintendent, which was a weird little sketch in The Simpsons in like the 90s and it was part of Steamed Hams and that's why it's like famous now. Um... Got a few messages here that I want to share with you. Isaac's been on, saying his mental screensaver is a dog called Mabel. He's actually sent me a picture. It It is, in fact, a dog. Um, and that's what he thinks about when he's just kind of a bit bored, nothing else to think about. That dog will reappear in his head. Um, I don't really care all that much about dogs. Sorry, not sorry. But it does look quite cute as dogs go. I'm sorry that you can't see this dog picture like I can. But it is the radio, so I'm afraid there's not much that I can I can do about that one. Uh, Jennifer as well has been on. Mental screensaver um, is thinking about Endgame. You know, the Marvel film. And the plot holes. And I'm going to give out a spoiler here. This isn't my fault. I'm just reading the message where Steve, Tony and Natasha all had happy endings. This is... These are the... Yeah, plot holes that Jennifer thinks about as like her mental screensaver when nothing else is is there to think about. I feel like that says quite a bit about you as a human being if like that's your go-to. Just always thinking about Endgame. But then again, what does it say about me when my mental screensaver is something from The Simpsons? So I'm not sure really if I'm in a position to to make fun of that too much. Uh, Who else we got? Oh, Meg's been on. Meg saying food. Food is like the default in her head. Always, the mind always ends up going back to like, what's for tea? What's for lunch tomorrow? Shall I have a biscuit? It's always food, Meg says. I can relate to that. That's a, that's a nice thing to think about. Shall I have a biscuit? The answer usually is yes. And yeah, you can just plan your whole week's meals. That's just going on in the back of your head on loop when there's there's not much else to think about. Oh, except then then you get hungry, don't you? And nobody really wants that. When you haven't got immediate access to food, to be thinking about food is far from ideal. 
So that's a slightly unfortunate mental screensaver. And also, um, favourite one, possibly my favourite one, comes from Amy. Amy's given me a few here. She says, um, it's boring, but I usually think about my plans for the next few days, or I think about some project or script I want to write. Now, that's quite cool. But then she says, also, there's a song that goes around in my head, just like I have the Skinner and the Superintendent theme. Skinner with his crazy explanations, etc, etc. Amy has the theme tune to a show called Curb Your Enthusiasm. I didn't initially know what she was talking about, so I looked it up, and I found what this theme tune is, and I do recognise it. So just imagine, you're bored, you're already sat somewhere, someone's going on about something boring, you're not really listening, your mind is wandering, this is what is playing in your brain. what this bit of music was before she told me what it was but yeah this is like the thinking music when nothing else is going on this is what occupies my friend amy's brain people work in weird ways don't they next shampoo is a scam and i'm about to tell you why after charlie pooth this is mother on wizard radio do you ever think about shampoo much i kind of don't i know girls do girls are quite big on shampoo i live with four three there we go, I forgot how many girls I have. I live with three girls. And our shower, it's like one of those like stand-up showers. So it hasn't really got anywhere to put stuff. So just the entire floor of the shower is basically covered in shampoo bottles. I don't understand it. There's there's three girls and yet there's like probably 12 different bottles of various hair products. Um, so maybe, maybe girls think about shampoo more than I do. I tend not to. The only time I think about shampoo is when I've run out and I need to buy some. And I bought some new shampoo this week. Brand spanking new exciting shampoo. And I decided instead of like being a sheepskin and getting the same for his own brand shampoo. Because it didn't smell that nice the last time. You know, I like a shampoo that smells nice. That's about the extent that I think about shampoo. I was like, you know what, I'm going to splash out. I'm going to go for like the head and shoulders. And so I picked it up. I've got this new shampoo and I brought it back. And I saw on the bottle a very bold promise. And... um when you first hear it, you think, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. And then you think about it a bit more, and you come to the conclusion that actually they're probably just kind of blagging it, winging it a little bit, and hoping that you don't notice. Because the really bold claim on the shampoo bottle is that it can get rid of up to 100% of dandruff. And if you suffer from dandruff, I kind of do on-off over the years, um, you kind of think, Oh wow, that's brilliant, 100%. That could cure me of dandruff. It could literally stop all the tiny little flakes of skin falling off my head. Um, it'll mean I'll be able to wear black clothes and black t-shirts again because it won't like fall on it and make it really obvious that it's like a snowstorm. How exciting. And it makes it sound really good, right? The miracle shampoo that can get rid of 100%, 100% of dandruff. And then... I realised a little a little caveat, a little disclaimer, a little word, two words actually, that's like the get out of jail free card. And it made me realise that the whole thing is actually a bit of a scam. Because what it says on the side of the bottle, once again, gets rid of up to 100% of dandruff. And I think the very important two words there are up to. Because I've, I've only realised that of course it could get rid of up to 100% of dandruff because like if you're if you're really lucky if you're exceptionally lucky this shampoo might get rid of all of your dandruff 
but just because it might get rid of up to 100% of dandruff. In most cases, the majority of cases, it probably does not get rid of completely 100% of dandruff. But by putting that little up to in, they can make you think that it's really effective. But like, obviously, it's not gonna be able to get rid of any more than 100% of dandruff because you can't get rid of more than you have. But I, I don't know, I just thought, wow, that's so smart. They make you think that it'll get rid of it all because they're not gonna say like, oh, it gets rid of up to 80% of dandruff. Because why would they say that when they can quite easily say it gets rid of all of it, when obviously it won't, but like no one can prove that. Sometimes it occasionally might. And so by putting in that little up to, they make their thing sound really cool. And in actual fact, it probably gets rid of like, I don't know, 10%, 20%, 30%. Who's to say I could make any up any old number and it wouldn't matter because you'd never be able to prove it wrong. And it would never ever be able to be more than the full amount. But it's quite possible that it might, if you're really lucky, be the full amount of dandruff that's on your head. I don't know why I, I suddenly twigged this because it, you might be listening thinking, yeah, yeah, look, mate, this is really obvious. Like, of, of course, it won't actually get rid of 100%. But I thought, you know, they're, they're having a laugh at the shampoo companies trying to flog you this, like, expensive branded shampoo telling you that it gets rid of up to 100%. But obviously, it's not. But it's just, it's just a marketing trick. I feel played. I think that's why I'm upset at this quite trivial thing. I just feel like, you know, the, the free market is, is playing us all for fools by making promises like that. Now, am I am I just salty because I'm, I've got a fair amount of dandruff at the moment. I'd quite like to get rid of it. Possibly. Maybe that explains my, my objection to this this marketing strategy. But I just think, you know, I've I've discovered something. I've tweaked something that maybe no one has thought about before. You probably have. And I think the world needs to know about the big shampoo scam. Maybe I should just join the no poo movement. The no poo movement, they're not people that don't poo. They're people that don't use shampoo. They're just like, oh my god, I'm gonna wash my hair all naturally yeah, with beeswax. Maybe, maybe that's the next step for me now. I've uncovered the big shampoo scam. But but yeah, who knew? Up to 100% could actually mean like 20%, but nobody could ever prove them wrong. Again, I think the more I say it, the more obvious that sounds. But I, I felt smart, okay? I thought I was really clever for realising that yesterday. Maybe not, maybe not. Um, coming next, a little a repeat of an old Someone's Knocking at Your Door. Some play-along-at-home fun. You can still have another go if you didn't hear it the first time, or if you've just forgotten because it was quite a while ago. You'll hear that next after Youngblood and Dan Reynolds. This is Original Me. This is Alec Feldman, the podcast. like Youngblood. I think he's really good and he also seems like quite a sound guy. I know someone that's interviewed him and apparently he's really nice and he even brought his mum over halfway through just for a quick chat. So he sounds lovely and um, I'm still a massive fan of the fact that I think he either used to be or is still dating Halsey and um, he took her to bowling in Doncaster which is in um, just a little town in Yorkshire. So if that doesn't sell Youngblood to you I don't know what will. He seems like a really cool guy. Um, that song was originally it was Dan Reynolds featuring on that as well. It's Alec here. This is Wizard Radio, and now we're gonna have someone's knocking at your door. But 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 listen to me. This is important due to the fact that I'm I'm a bit busy today and um, I can't do the show. I'm sorry. I love you. I love you really. But I just got other things to do. I'll be here in the flesh, sat in a chair between three and five on Saturday next week again. But for the time being, this is. 
an old someone's knocking at your door. It's already happened. So if you're a someone's knocking at your door expert, you might recognise the clues and be able to remember what it was. But if you don't pay that much attention and you've forgotten, or um, you've never heard it before, then this is a good week for you. You can still play along at home and take a guess. Um, you just can't send it to me because I won't see it because I, I'm not looking at the messages because I'm not here. Sorry. I, I genuinely feel bad. <laughs> I feel guilty that I'm, like, abandoning you all. Um, but, yeah, basically, please don't send messages for this because I won't see them. And it'll just be a waste of your time and a waste of your money. You might still be charged. Imagine that. If you get charged money sending a guess in a game, one, for which there's no prize anyway, and two, that I won't even see. So just don't don't be that guy okay don't get your guesses in but still think about it and play along in your head at home someone's knocking at the door somebody's ringing the bell welcome one and all once again to someone's knocking at your door the only radio game show based on an advert for the people's postcode lottery who funnily enough sent something literally through my door they didn't knock at my door but they put some posts through my door this week to say i don't know what it was to say. i didn't open it because it wasn't addressed to me but maybe it was to say we really love your radio feature someone's knocking at your door um if you've never seen this advert you won't have a clue what i'm talking about but it's just an advert for some lottery where cheerful people go and knock at the door and they're grinning and they're like oh someone's knocking at your door and this is this is the music that's what inspired this whole feature it was inspired by an advert on the telly the height of creativity i know anyway um i think right about now oh can you hear that yeah oh they're bang on time that sounds like someone's knocking at the door oh my gosh who is it i'm just gonna uh just have another look through the peephole just to see if it's someone i want to open the door to Ooh. oh okay how how interesting i wasn't expecting a visit from them there is, there is someone at the knock, knocking at the door. Um, the only thing is, we can't let them in until you work out who is knocking at the door. It's just, it's just a weird kind of neuroticism I have. I'm a bit funny like that. I don't let people in unless everyone already in the house plays a guessing game to identify the person at the door. It's just, I'm weird. That's how I work. So this person can only come through the door if you can guess who they are. Um, I'm very nice though. I do let James Gilmore ask five questions to help determine this person's identity. Hi, James. Hi. How are you enjoying this this imaginary? I'm assuming it's some kind of gathering in my house. Is it is it good fun? It's it's good fun, but I don't know why you're saying imaginary. That's true. It's it's totally real. You are yes. currently right in front of me, drinking some lemonade. Yeah, it's good. I like it like it's freshly squeezed. I like it that you put that extra effort in. Well, you know, I've got a lemon tree. I might as well use it. There we go. Um, so, do you want to try and have a guess using five yes-no questions to determine who is knocking at the door this week? You know what, actually? I was thinking about this last week. I'm totally fine, you just letting them in. But I'm not. It's oh, just okay. it's just I'm weird like that, okay? All right, all I don't right. like letting people in without okay, a guess okay, again. Okay, first. okay, okay. I get it, I get it, I get it. Okay, um, my first question. Yes. Are they a man? They are a man. A man. Okay. Is this a specific person? Yes, I like a, a famous person, not just a, you know, a milkman. It is a specific individual. 
Um, are they um, under the age of 25? No. Are they British? Yes. Older than 25, a specific individual, male, British. My final question. question. Um, are they frequently on the news? No. So not newsworthy. Very much not. So not newsworthy, but a specific person, older than 25, British male. Okay. That is the gist of it. All right, well, there we go. It's time to get guessing. Like I said, don't send in messages because this is pre-recorded, so I won't see them, but you might still be charged. But you can still have a think to yourself and put a guess in in your own head. Discuss it with your friends, maybe. Um, have a fun family game if someone's knocking at your door around the dinner table. And you'll find out who actually was knocking at the door in about... 50 minutes time, 10 to 5, we'll round that one off. Coming up, Foles and some Harry Styles. After the news, it's 4 o'clock. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Recommended by doctors as part of a healthy diet. Foles and Mountain at my gates. What a band. Foles are great. Before that, Harry Styles and Lights Up. This is Wizard Radio. And it's Alec here. Horses. You know, the animal. They're big. They have long tails and massive, you know... They poo a lot. You can ride them, especially if you're posh. Poshos love horses. They really do. And um, they're also good service animals. They have them in the police. They have them in the army. Um, I remember doing a book at school called War Horse about a horse that was in, you know, the war. And I saw a brilliant thread on Twitter, which was a story about a man and a horse and I thought it was brilliant and I thought I had to share this with all of you because it's just a bizarre set of circumstances. It's about a guy, the guy tweeting, his friend used to be in the army and like I said, in the army they have horses and this this soldier man in the army was somehow involved with a horse, not like romantically, just it was his job I'm assuming to ride a horse or look after it or something. And apparently, he got into a fight with the horse. Like, a dispute. A disagreement. A passionate exchange of words. And this argument with the horse ended with the man biting the horse. That's right. He bit the horse. He was like, I'm so angry at you. What can I do? I'm going to bite you. The reason this man did this was because he read somewhere at some point that if you want to calm a horse down you bite them on the neck and he might have seen it at the horse races now i don't think this is a thing not that i know of at any rate that you're supposed to bite a horse i don't know a lot about horses because i'm not very horsey but i always thought you see people going when a horse is getting a bit overexcited you just go like whoa whoa and the horse kind of calms it a bit biting not so much so i do like the idea that some soldier was sinking his teeth into the horse, going, stop being naughty, and just clenching down and taking a big meaty bite. Must have been like um, going to Tesco circa 2012, to just taking a massive bite into a horse. Um, 
the stuff the horse was doing, by the way, the source of the disagreement was just um, the, the horse didn't want to stand still and it was eating hay, you know, like horses do because they're horses. But the most interesting part of this story, for me, which was the bit that got my attention, was the fact that he got in trouble for biting this horse, the army guy, because the horse outranked him. The horse was superior to the human being in the rankings of the army. You know how the army goes. You've got like, I don't know, private, corporal, sergeant, major, blah, 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 blah. I don't know how it works and what comes in what order. But basically, this soldier was lower down in that hierarchy than a horse. The horse was kind of like his boss, I guess. Imagine having to take orders from a horse. How would you even understand what the horse wanted you to do? What happened if the horse was angry at you and they wanted to tell you off? Would they just, like, throw you off as punishment? Just a weird, a weird power dynamic there, I think. I don't know if you have a job or a boss or anything, but if you do, just imagine. Imagine they left and, um, sort of the bigger boss, your boss's boss, comes in and they go, Right, hi everyone, I'd just like to introduce you to your new boss. And in walks in a horse. Or any kind of animal, really. It doesn't have to be a horse. Your new boss could be a dog, a gorilla, a chameleon. Chameleons would be quite sneaky bosses, to be fair. They just, like, blend into the walls and just spy on you whilst you're doing your work. And then suddenly, like, make themselves visible and be like, Feldman, why aren't you doing work? Why are you looking on Twitter all day? And I'd be like, oh, sorry, boss. It's almost a bit like a Planet of the Apes type situation. Where the animals rise up and then, like, enslave the humans. In this case, it's the horse. The horse, this single horse, has risen up. He's overthrown its human masters. The horse is the boss now. The horse has been, I don't know, promoted. Can horses be promoted? Did the horse have to start out as a private and then work its way up? Could the horse eventually become the head of the whole army? Wouldn't it be great if the British army was led by a horse? Although, that said, could get quite messy if there's a mutiny and then, well, they could just, they could just eat their boss, couldn't they? They could be like, we're, we're fed up with you, we're rebelling, and then bye-bye horse. It's horse burgers for dinner. I think, though, best case scenario, this horse gets promoted so high up that it does eventually become prime minister, and then it would be the boss of everyone in the whole country. Everybody would have to answer to a horse. The horse would be in charge of all of our like defense questions and the economy and all that stuff. Everyone would just be asking the horse questions. And whatever that horse went with, that is what you would have to go with. I don't think it could be any worse than the current incumbent of the office. And quite possibly more toilet trained as well. So there you go. That is, that's the man who got in trouble for biting a horse at work because the horse was also his boss. Coming next... I want to talk about 90s TV star Jennifer Aniston. You might have heard of her after Dan and Shay, Justin Bieber, this is 10,000 Hours. Dan and Shay with Justin Bieber, 10,000 Hours on Wizard Radio. I'm Alec. And I want to talk about Jennifer Aniston now. You know how she got Instagram the other week? And she got loads of followers really, really quickly. And she posted that picture of her and all the other people who were in Friends. And it kind of blew up. And oh, it broke the internet. I hate that phrase. Because that, I gave her a little follow. Because I was like, oh, Jennifer Aniston. I like Jennifer Aniston. And weirdly, since then, I've just got loads of Jennifer Aniston-related stuff coming up in my time. I don't know what's going on. Instagram's algorithms have clearly decided that, oh, Alec, he loves Jennifer Aniston because he followed her. Which must mean that we're going to show him only Jennifer Aniston content. 
only friends related stuff and only Jennifer Aniston. It's getting a bit much. It does mean I see a load of news stories about Jennifer Aniston because there's there's always ones like every day there's a news story about I don't know her latest relationship or whether she'd do a friends reunion, all that kind of boring stuff. Also, one here about her weird fitness routine, and I'm not gonna lie, it sounds really really awful. Like, why would you do that to yourself? Um, she's 50 apparently. But, you know, she's well fit. She doesn't look 50. She looks exactly the same as she did in Friends. I wonder, I wonder why. Maybe she can give me a person's number or something later. And so she's she's big on this, this weird fitness stuff. Including starting her day with celery juice. Celery juice. You, the make, making juice out of celery. Why on earth would you do that to yourself? I do not understand. Celery is disgusting. It's the worst vegetable. It's horrible at the best of times. I'd never eat it just raw. Wouldn't really put it in food either because it doesn't taste nice. Jennifer Aniston, she gets a celery, maybe a whole one. Wax it in a blender. Mmm, tasty celery juice when you wake up in the morning. Yum, yum. I bet that, that must be why. All the celery juice is what's keeping her looking young and attractive. G gross. But also, she she does something called intermittent fasting, which is when you only eat within an eight-hour window, and then the rest of the day, 16 hours, you don't eat anything, which is probably easier than it sounds because you can just stay in bed for ages. But I'm thinking, like, 16 hours. So say you have your dinner at 7 o'clock, and then you go to bed, whatever. You don't have breakfast until like is that 12 11 that's not really a diet i'd say that's just being a student not getting up and eating breakfast until 11 or 12 p.m nothing special about that but also like come on why do people do all these these weird diety things i don't i don't get it just like do exercise eat fairly healthily but eat what you want and it's fine most of the time I just don't think it's healthy to be doing all these weird plans and drinking celery juice and not eating for 18 hours a day or whatever it is just to just to stay fit. Be healthy, people. Be balanced. You don't need to live like this, Jennifer Aniston. There's an alternative. Enjoy donuts and cake and biscuits, but just in moderation. I, I don't get it. I just, I just find it weird. I find the obsession with diets kind of unhealthy. And not that great. And, ah, uh, you know, I carry a bit of timber on me. I just think, well, maybe if I can be bothered to exercise, it'd probably be better. I'm not going to try dumb, weird tricks at, like, the 16-8, only eating food for eight hours a day. Although, a lot of the time, that's probably what I do anyway, just by accident. Is it making a difference? Probably not. I don't think so. It's, it's weird. It's that this is only really the weird kind of thing that's been brought into my life since following Jennifer Aniston on Instagram and starting to see... Like, everything she does in her life. If she breathes, I know about it. And thanks to Instagram algorithms, now I know about her weird celery drinking, not eating for 16 hours a day diet as well. And I kind of wish I didn't, because it's just annoyed me a bit. But there you go. That's that's my take on diets. They're all stupid, and people shouldn't do them. Unless it's for, like, an actual medical reason, then it's probably kind of important. If you're gluten intolerant, don't go ramming loads of bread down your pile, because that might 
lead to nasty things happening. But generally, live a little. Do you think Jennifer Aniston's ever demolished an entire pack of Jaffa cakes in one sitting? Maybe not. But maybe I'm being too harsh on her. Maybe I should be more live and let live. I probably am. I pro like, I'm not actually that fussed by Jennifer Aniston's diet and weird celery juice habits. But yeah, each to their own. Fine. I've changed my position. Each to their own. But also that's stupid. <laughs> In conclusion. Brand new Selena Gomez is on now. It's called Lose You To Love Me. That's Selena Gomez and Lose You To Love Me. But I can't quite get my head around the name, so in the future I'll probably call it some combination of Lose Me To Love You, Love Me To Love You, Leave You To Love Me, or something else kind of similar along those lines. That came out this week. Also released last week, new music from Coldplay, who have been away for quite a while now, so it's good to have Coldplay back. But the way they announced it, I don't know what I think about it. I can't quite make my mind up. Um... It kind of feels a bit gimmicky. Everyone's at it these days. Everyone's got a gimmick. So, um, the first thing they did, they wrote a letter just to, to one fan. One. A singular fan. I don't know how they got their address or whatever. I hope it was all compliant with GDPR laws and the like. They wrote one letter. Just going, um, we're going to be uh, releasing a new album called Everyday Life. They wrote it on a typewriter. They signed it. And sent it to one fan. And that was that was the announcement. That there was going to be a new Coldplay album. First in four years. They sent one letter to one person. That they wrote on a typewriter. Like does it get any more gimmicky than that? They haven't just gone. You know what let's. I don't know put out a press release. Or put something on Twitter. They've gone no. Hi I'm Chris Martin. From the band Coldplay. And I'm going to write a letter on my typewriter. And send it to one fan. It's a very, it feels quite media managed, you know. They've got some marketing guy going, I've had a great idea, Chris Martin from the band Coldplay. What if? And then he gets his type router out and he goes, here's the idea. And it's kind of it's kind of cool, but on the other hand, it's kind of annoying that everyone's like attention seeking. <laughs> is it about the song or is it about the cool way you announce the song? Also, what if this one fan just hadn't put the letter on Twitter? What if they'd just gone, huh, it's like an email I've got from some Nigerian prince, no thanks, and just put it in the bin? Then it would have been all over. Nobody would have known that Coldplay was having a new album because they thought, this isn't real, and threw it away. So it's a good thing that they did put it on Twitter. They got quite lucky there, unless it says on the back, please put this on Twitter so that everyone knows we have a new album. But I feel like that's kind of begging it a bit, you know? You can't say that because that's not cool. This is supposed to be all cool marketing. You can't tell people to share it, otherwise you inherently become uncool automatically. And therefore you don't deserve to have your stuff shared. Uh, via Marketing 101, I'm an expert, apparently. And so they did that. And then a few days later, they announced all the names of the songs on their new album. You've got Sunrise, Sunset, Sunrise Again, maybe. Uh, church, Orphans, Everyday Life, Champion of the World, Why I Need a Friend, blah, 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 you know. All quite Coldplay. Oh, there's one called Daddy. I've just seen that. Ooh, that should be interesting. Daddy by Coldplay. That'll be a fun one to announce on the radio if we play that. And um, they, they announced all these song titles just by, by putting adverts in local papers around the world. In the classified section, right at the back, next to, I don't know, used motorbike for sale and other slightly more dodgy adverts perhaps um you've just got 
the list of Coldplay songs. Again, it's such a gimmick. It's it's like, I don't know, it's just attention-seeking. So then they know everyone's going to write about the fact that they've done this in the, like, the back of newspapers. I'm going to talk about the fact on the radio like I'm doing right now. I've fallen for it absolutely completely hook, line, and sink. But I just get a bit tired of it. You know, how far is this going to go? Is someone going to announce an album one day by like projecting it onto the moon? Is that the logical end point? They're going to send up a satellite that's going to broadcast a phrase into like every home in the world that Rihanna's got a new album coming. To be fair, when Rihanna does a new album, I think she should broadcast it into every house in the world immediately because everyone needs to know. The people need to know that. That's important information. But in general, this this trend of like going really over the top, doing weird stuff to market new albums and songs, I'm a bit over it. The whole wacky album promo thing. Not that fussed think it's kind of attention seeking could do without it that said i'm quite excited to hear the new coldplay especially daddy but just announce it normally and people will still be interested i'm sure anyway coming up next i'm gonna play you tiesto and mabel god is the dancer good song i've done some research into tiesto that has actually been around for quite a while i think tiesto was still on in the 90s but we don't know much about him he's a mysterious dj so I've delved behind the music to find out what Tiesto the man is like. And I found out lots of stuff. It's all real, by the way. Don't think I'm just making this up because I'm totally not. It's 100% accurate. So this is what I found out about Tiesto. Alex, totally accurate. Definitely not made up 60 second guy. If you rearrange the letters in Tiesto, you get toasty. And just like toasties, who doesn't love Tiesto's music? The slices of bread are the beat. The cheese is the melody. And the featuring artists, those are like the little extra things you might find inside. The odd tomato here, some onion there. In this scenario, the tomato and the cheese and tomato, God is a dancer, toasty, is Mabel, who adds some extra flavour and texture to an already excellent sandwich. Mabel's favourite toasty is cheese and ham, but Tiesto's a vegan, so he prefers a cheese trademark toasty with onion. When Tiesto made his first million from being a really famous DJ, he spent it purchasing a million dollars worth of toasty makers and handing them out to the homeless, proclaiming that he had found the way to end world hunger. Unfortunately, Tiesto had failed to consider that the homeless may not have access to cheese, bread, or even a socket to plug the toasty maker into. And that's Tiesto in 60 seconds. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio, Saturdays 3 till 5. Summer Walker and Bryson Tiller playing games before that Tiesto and Mabel, God is a dancer. This is Wizard Radio, it's Alec here. Miles is on at five tonight. Before then, Alligator coming up. We'll find out who's knocking at the door in the past, because it's a repeat. And now, um, if you're a bit geeky like me, you'll know kind of how car number plates work. Because they, they all convey specific bits of information. You might not think it. But instead of just being seven random letters and numbers, there is a pattern to it. Um, they tell you kind of roughly where the car's from. They tell you um, what year it's from. And then there's just three random letters at the end. And because so many new cars are bought, they have to come up with like two ways of saying what year it was. For the first six months of the year, like in 2019, it'll be 19. So your number plate could be LS19. But then in the second half of the year, it switches over. And instead of 19, the number that tells you how old your car is, well, this year, it'll become... <clears throat> well, it'll become um, 69. <laughs> yeah, 69. So if you buy a new car, which I'm sure you will be doing because 
you know, we all have money to buy a brand new car. And we can all drive, yeah. Um, you'll get a car that has 69 on the number plate. Now, obviously, if you're a child like I am, that is incredibly funny. But also, if you're an incredibly rich child, like I'm not, you'll be able to get your own personalised number plate. Um, I generally judge people quite hard who have personalised number plates, but in this occasion, there are quite a load of good ones. You can have a lot of fun, basically, with with this, this number, <laughs> 69, which is the year identifier on a number plate. Bad news is, the people who are in charge of number plates, they've already worked this one out, and they've only gone and been massive killjoys. And so all the cool number plates that you could have, you now can't, because the, the head of, like, driving licenses are all like, Oh no, you can't have fun, you're not allowed to do any rude ones. There's 800 of these, 800 rude number plates that are so rude that you're not allowed to, to have them. Um... A few of my favourites include um, there's a lot of a lot of BJ's BJ69 um, for some reason I don't know why you can't have BJ69 boy or BJ69 gal or girl or lass um, or all I don't know what's rude about that one BJ69 all um, alternatively. Okay, BJ69VAJ, I kind of understand why that one's banned, BL69JOB, uh-huh, you're gonna have to do a bit of, bit of the work here yourself, obviously, because, um, I can't, I can't say them out loud, that might be a bit rude, but, you know, just, just work it out, um, uh, what else, what else isn't allowed, oh, AS69, O-L-E. Yeah, um, if you can work out what that one's supposed to be. But some of these are quite funny. <laughs> oh, I've just seen B-U-69 G-E-R. See also B-U-69 G-G-R. Or B-U-69 G-R-D. All variations on a theme here. But, you know, you can you can work out what they're, what they're hinting at. I'm also really enjoying the fact that it must have been someone's job to come up with all of these. Someone was paid to sit at their desk and think of rude number plates. And then, once they'd thought of them all, they had to ban them. Such power. Imagine being the person that has the authority to ban rude number plates. Kind of a killjoy, but also kind of a fun job. How can I get that? Who do I need to talk to? I'll leave uni in like summer next year. Maybe that could be my first job. I could think of rude number plates and have them banned. If anyone knows, can put me in touch, that'd be really cool. So, um, yeah, I find that funny because I'm a massive child and it does entertain me greatly. So it is sad that nobody will be driving around with the number plate BJ69VAJ, but, but what can you do? Those are the rules set by boring people who have no sense of humour. Okay, coming next, we will find out who is knocking at the door this week, but also um, another week because it's a repeat. We're going to do that after Ali Gatian used to you on Wizard Radio. Alec Feldman on until 5 o'clock, which is approaching quite rapidly. Which means there's just about time to find out who it was that was knocking at the door this week. Someone's knocking at the door. Somebody's ringing the bell. For the last 50, 55 minutes or so, someone has been waiting outside the door 
waiting to be let in. But because I'm kind of weird, I don't like letting people into my house until I've forced everyone who's already inside the house to participate in a guessing game to guess who's outside. And if they can't guess correctly, then they're not allowed in. They are sent away and told to come back another day. And so this week, who is knocking at the door? Well, they're a man. They are a specific person. They're not like a milkman or a postman or a Mormon. They are an individual that you can name. They are over 25 years old. They're British. And they're not on the news. That is what I can tell you. And your guesses have been been coming in. James Gilmore, he always guesses Ainsley Harriet. I feel like every week he says, is it Ainsley Harriet? I can tell you it's not Ainsley Harriet. Straight off the bat, Ainsley Harriet is not knocking at the door. I did also tell you that this person is quite well known for knocking at the door. Um, so I don't know whether that helped anyone out, but we shall take a look and see what you've all managed to come up with. Um, so Alex has been on. Alex with an X. You know, it's like Alec, but with, with an X at the end. But I bet he gets called Alec all the time. Is it Benedict Cumberbatch? He's a British man, older than 25, who is very famous, but not particularly newsworthy. And also, I feel like because he played Sherlock, he has some sort of connection to Doors, surely. Um, is that because Sherlock Holmes lives in Baker Street and has a front door? Is that the connection to Doors that Sherlock Holmes had? It, it seems a bit tenuous. But maybe the fact that he lives at 221B Baker Street is significant, possibly. But no, it's not Benedict Cumberbatch or Sherlock Holmes. Um, you're, you're not really on the right track at all, actually. Well, you're, on, you're closer with a Sherlock Holmes-type figure than with Benedict Cumberbatch. Let's put it that way. Um, but it's not either of them. Uh, Shawlin has been on. I think it's King George IV. You never said the person had to be alive. He's much older than 25, British, male, and whilst he was newsworthy when he was alive, now he definitely is not. That is true, because King George IV is in fact dead. Um, but if he wasn't dead, he would be um, approximately 257 years old, roughly. Um, so that is older than 25, but it's not King George IV. I'm sorry to let you down. Um, if I recall, King George IV, yes, he was the fat one. There was um, the bad one, the sad one, the mad one, and the fat one, the four Georges. And four, George IV was the fat one, but no, it's not him. Um, but yeah, you're right. I never said he had to be alive. Maybe in future we could have a dead guest knocking at the door, but not this week. Nicole says, I think you may have given us a red herring. Is it Daniel Radcliffe? Um, I think the red herring is the whole knocking at the door thing, because in Harry Potter, he could get into rooms magically and without knocking. He also ticks all the other boxes. Is he really over 25? I suppose he must be. He's really old. He's supposed to be a child, but yeah. Um, yes, he's, he's none of those people. Well, it's not Harry Potter. I mean, he does tick the boxes, but it's not him. It's not a red herring, because I wouldn't lie to you, Nicole. Come on. I might mislead you. I might deceive you. But I'd never outright lie and say Harry Potter is known for knocking at doors when he, in fact, does not ever knock at doors because he has a magic wand. That would be morally disgraceful. I couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself to. Um, so, no red herrings. It's not Harry Potter. It's not Daniel Radcliffe. But again, Harry Potter, a closer guess than Daniel Radcliffe, just like Sherlock was a closer guess than Benedict Cumberbatch. That might 
That might help you if you're still thinking it through now. Um, oh, here we go. Yes, producer James. I mentioned this before, but he's actually he has sent a message. I hope he's texted it in himself and not just sent it to me. Is it Ainsley Harriet? He was in that famous Hello Jill clip where he literally knocked on someone's door to give them a prize. And he's also a British male, older than 25, and sadly not newsworthy, but no. It's not Ainsley. Um, not not this week. But maybe maybe in the future. It might be. One day, when you least expect it, Ainsley Harriet will be knocking at the door. Ellie says, is it Michael, the guy who knocks on our door once a week, to beg for money? I think he's probably about 45 years old, so he's older than 25. British, male, isn't newsworthy, and isn't and is known to my family for knocking on our door because he begs. Um, he kind of ticks all the boxes. Yeah. Um, no, it's not It's not Michael, your friendly neighbourhood beggar, I'm afraid, because I've, I've never heard of him, so it'd be quite difficult for me to know who's knocking at the door without knowing them, you know what I mean? Having heard of him before. So no, it's not him, but if he does come, then I'll tell you because I have no idea who this person is. And then maybe it could be Michael, but no, not sweet. Will says... Is it Mark Ronson? On his latest album, he has a song called Knock, Knock, Knock. Does he really? And he sticks all the other boxes. I know it's not necessarily him knocking at the door, but it is him knocking. Yeah, that's a good point. What else can you knock on? Um, I can't think of much, actually, that gets knocked on other than doors. You actually could knock someone over. You could knock someone up. Um, you could... Yeah, that's, that's all I can think of. Knock, knock over and knock up and knock on the door knock yourself I suppose if you like yeah bang a limb on something and it hurts but no it's not Mark Ronson Will I'm sorry but you are incorrect um do you think he just likes making songs about sounds Mark Ronson he has knock knock he has bang 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 um it's like an onomatopoeia album but no it is it is none of those people I'm afraid to say it's not Mark Ronson it's not Michael Ellie's Neighbourhood Beggar it's not Ainsley Harriet this week it's not Daniel Radcliffe it's not King George IV. It's not Benedict Cumberbatch either. Um, so I think it's time now that I tell you who is knocking at the door. I said they were known for knocking at the door. What I didn't tell you is that they are actually a fictional character, which is why that you're closer with Sherlock than with Benedict Cumberbatch and you're closer with Harry Potter and Daniel Radcliffe because they're all fictional. But no, the person knocking at the door this week is a fictional character. And in the TV show they're in, they regularly knock at the door. Or actually, maybe maybe that was a red herring. Maybe they kind of ring the doorbell. Because their name is Jim, and they sound like this. Shalom. Shalom to you all. Jim from Friday Night Dinner. He was the guest knocking at the door this week. He's waiting outside. Unfortunately, not a soul guessed this correctly this week. Nobody. Nobody got it right. Nobody could work out that Jim from Friday Night Dinner is knocking at the door. So unfortunately, um, instead of what we were planning to do, which was get him in and have a chat to him, we now can't do that because nobody guessed him right, which means I'm not comfortable letting this person into my house. So I'm afraid he's going to have to go away and he's not going to be allowed in. What a shame. And that was this week's edition of Someone's Knocking at Your Door. All right, that's all, folks. End of the show for another week. I'm back on next Saturday at 3 o'clock. I will be live this time, I promise, and we can have a lovely chat again and catch up on everything I've missed. Also, if you want a bit of extra me, combined with loads of really cool throwback songs, check out the weekly mixtape. That's on Fridays. That's my other show. 3 till 4 p.m. We play an hour of really cool throwback tunes from the last few years. 
to play a few games as well. It's good. I enjoy making those shows. So I hope you will listen to them as well. Friday at 3 o'clock and then Saturday at 3 as well. I'll see you then. There goes another episode of Alec Feldman, the podcast. Wasn't that some great content? Come back next week for more audio-based fun.